Great White North, Maple Leafs, Montreal, the Hockey Hall of Fame, hit home of the RBC Canadian Open at the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. And the cut line is going to bring you an in-depth analysis of the best place for this weekend's tournament. But before that, an extra, extra hello to Canada, and hello USA, hello UK, and welcome back Australia. Make sure you take the time to subscribe to the cut line on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Plus, you can find the cut line on Twitter at TCutline. Fun is winning, and winning is tons of fun. Nothing is better than Sunday fun day. I'm Mike Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter, getting over a sinus infection. But I am looking forward to this weekend's Canadian Open. And did I win a seat at the Fantasy Golf World Championships? No. What? <laughs> what an idiot! Oh, what a loser! But there is always this week and a new hope on the horizon. Now, on the other side of the mic is my man Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zach, the man with the master plan, and Martin Pillar's number one fan. And Zach went damn near all in on Matt Kuchar. And that didn't work out too well. Zach, what's happening, partner? Ugh, man, let me tell you. You have a science infection. I, after our podcast last night, or last week, came down with a little bit of something, came back with, ended up being bronchitis, so I am going to try not to cough my way through this week, and if I do, it'll just, basically, I'll blame it all on Matt Kuchar, because that was just, I still stand behind it, and I would do it again, but we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, <laughs> but uh, Zach... Nice cough. Thanks. Zach Manhart can be found on Twitter at EaglesFan83. Eagles fan you can also find the cut line on Twitter at TCutline, where Zach and I break down PJ like no other podcast out there. And without further ado, this week's winner is Steve Baglio. Steve Baglio. Gained zero dollars in profit. Even had a lineup that had only two golfers through. Jeez. Steve won himself a bag of tees and a sleeve of tailor-made TP5s. This week, the winner is going to get six range, uh, six range balls from Kipper Villas of Hawaii, an assortment of tees, and essentially crap for crappy lineups. It's like you're getting a petty found on the street. I will even personally throw in a, pers- uh, a sleeve of tailor-made TP5s, and of course, the dreaded plunger. Only way to win is by entering your lineups on Twitter and sharing with the cut line. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the RBC Canadian Open at Hamilton Grand Golf and Country Club. And we'll do the best we can. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We will be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. I am looking forward to those GPP wins, plenty of 6-6 six six through. You play it, and we love it. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up at the wrong end of the flan stick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? Zach, how did you do this the weekend at the Memorial? Ugh, man. Yeah, I, I went with it. I almost <coughs> hit the lock button on Kuchar, as we talked about. <clears throat> I ended up with 100, and then I backed it down to 85, and I was like, all right, 85's good. So, you know, all those lineups basically lost. Uh, my saving graces in, in one of the five, uh, three entry maxes and in the $6 single entry, I didn't have Kuchar, and I had Cantlay and Scott in all those lineups. So, thank God they finished one and two. Um, so I actually ended up with a small profit on the week, surprisingly, um, with all the Kucher misses. But you know, I would do it again. There is no, there is no reason he doesn't make the cut. If he, we play this tournament four times, he makes it three, at least three times. So I would do it again. I mean, all he has to do is make the cut, and I would have all the cash in the world. 
But that's my problem with doing Kucher. It's like he was so chalky anyway. What's the point of being that overweight? Yeah, I know. But I mean, there was not, there was no, there was no, nothing that told me, not a stat, not a history, not a form. Like there was nothing that says he's gonna miss the cut and not perform at, in the top five. And and trying to make the best lineups available, I'm not gonna fade the best player on my model. I get it. He's he's chalk, but. That is why I was going to go. That's why I went so high over because I wasn't just going to match the field. I didn't want to double the field. I wanted to be at least three to four times on the field so I could offset any of the five to ten percent guys that missed a cut that I picked. Unfortunately, it worked the other way around and I missed the biggest one and hit all the guys that I had sub one, like Steve Stricker, crushed the Stricker call, um, but you know, didn't have the right pairs. Eighty uh, percent for me would be just too much. Especially when you're not really getting leverage here with a guy who's already chalk. Uh, and then you're banking on him to win. It's not even making the cut. You're banking on him to win at that I point. truly felt that he could win last week. And that was the, that was another reason why. I mean, he, he'd shown the reason the performance in the past there. I mean, he definitely had the ability. His form was great. Um, you know, just whatever. For whatever reason, he decided he didn't want to play. And, of course, he never misses the cut on Well, skill being... Put skill aside, Vegas, whatever. Let's just say that all golfers are equal, right? And like this week, for example, you have 122 golfers or so in the DraftKings field. You know, their probability to win the tournament is less than 1%. And if you just take invariance into account, I just don't think I'm ever going to be that overweight in a MME Um in PGA, I think I think it's ludicrous, just for variance purposes. That's that's kind of just where I draw the line on on, on multi mass entering and player ownership. I think the only way you're going to get that crazy is if you did go Jordan Spieth, or if you felt like someone who was that low owned was the leverage play. And then even then, you're not going to go 80% of your lineups. I think 50% is just fine, 40%, because you're going to get such a high ownership percentage compared to the field. I don't you're know. Still, you're still getting that. <laughs> if you do Kucher, you're still getting the same. Depends on how much the field is. You're still going to be 40-50% above the field regardless of what your ownership is. Well, but that's the point. You want to leverage the field. It's not about your ownership. It's about that. And I don't think... I just don't think there's guarantees. And no, I mean, and there is no guarantee in PGA, PGA DFS. That that's apparent. This is probably one of the highest i would say one of the highest variance sports they offer well other than baseball but yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah it's up there with baseball but um uh i guess it's a strategy whatever you prefer listener uh, listener now whatever the listener prefers but um I, it's not a route i would ever go so yeah it's not and, and to be fair it's the first time i've ever gone above probably 60 or 70 percent ever across almost all sports but you know I, I last week was the week that i felt that all lined up and i wanted to give it a shot unfortunately didn't happen i'll probably do it again uh but the situation has to be the exact same it has to be no like there was just nothing that said like he's such a good play but his putting could be better or but he struggles on approach from 175 like, i just didn't see anything uh, so if i did it again it'd have to be the same situation but the, the... I don't know. It's kind of like looking at this week, and I know we're going to talk about him later, but I, I love DJ. But that does not mean I'm going to go 100% DJ in my 20 max or 100% DJ in my 150 max. It's just, it's not going to happen. I agree, but I think, I mean, Kucher wasn't one of the top priced guys, which is where I think it makes a little bit of a difference. He was, what, 9200 last week? Yeah, it was still pretty pricey. It was, but I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I see what you're saying. It's just a real. It's it's hard. It's really a personal preference at that point. I, I figured I'd try it. It didn't work out. I will do it again. I don't know when. Maybe at the memorial next year. <laughs> I'll tell you who I won't have this year. This week is any Kucher, which is probably a mistake, but I'll have none. You're not after all that. No Kucher. <laughs> Burn that bad, huh? I think I'm. Yeah. I, it, it's not even a recency thing. I just I don't like them this week. All right. Well, I I lost because I I went so heavily invested into the. Uh, fantasy golf world championship and obviously oh, yeah. it's winner take all and i was okay with it um i gave it my best shot you know i'll, I'll do it again when i feel that confident in the tournament but um not enough can't lay uh um, yeah 
you know, I got bit by the uh, chalk fade again. I faded Brooks at PGA, kind of faded Cantley this week, even though he was chalky, and it just came back to bite me. So that's the second time this year that that kind of hurt. But long story short, you know, in my tournaments, I did all right. The three maxes, I did okay. So, you know, it ended up being a losing week, but that's just because I went so heavily into the to the Fantasy Golf World Championship uh, winner-take-all tournaments. So other than that, we are going to move on. And for this year being the RBC Kent Canadian Open, I don't think we've ever seen a more impressive field at the top at this tournament. This year, the tournament head back, heads back to an old staple in Canadian golf lore, and our golfers will tackle the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. This course is known as a traditional layout and gives PGA Tour players a chance to showcase all of their skills. The scoring is going to be rampant, and we're looking at a winner scoring anywhere between 15 and 18 under par. Zach, what are our tour players looking at this week? So welcome back to Canada. So the Canadian Open has got a pretty long history. It's been played for over 100 years straight. The only times it was taken off was during the World Wars. So, you know, we've got a lot of consistency here. and We've got a lot of data. Uh, it's only been won by a Canadian eight times. So that'll go to show you that, you know, you're probably not going to see a guy from Canada at the top, unfortunately. Uh, and that hasn't happened in, I think, over 50 years or so. So uh, we'll see who, who shows up at the top this year. We're finally moving away from some of those second-shot courses we've been playing over the last couple of weeks, and this is going to be one of those courses where I think we can see the Bombers really open up and, and try to overpower this course. And, I mean, there's two par fives here that are easily reachable by almost everyone on tour in two, and, and even some of the guys are going to get pretty close, uh, some of the, the heavy hitters here. So we'll see how that plays. And, and, you know, this course itself, so it's a par 70, so it's a little bit shorter. Uh, it's one of the few courses on tour that plays under 7,000 yards. Uh, it's supposed to rain on Wednesday, which is extremely interesting. Uh, looking at some of the course history and the, the course data and some of the interviews that have been set over the years, this course does not dry out well. So if it does rain on Wednesday, which it's already looking like over a half an inch of rain is going to accumulate all, uh, throughout the day and into the night, uh, the course is going to become, it's going to be a scoring fest. Uh, guys are going to be having target practice on, on, on the greens. Uh, you're going to see some crazy numbers. So if it, in fact, does rain as we get closer to Wednesday and this course doesn't dry out, especially take a look at some of the guys who have early tee times on Thursday. And if it doesn't dry out, even Thursday as a whole might be an advantage and into Friday. So that may offset some of the less accurate hitters. It may help guys who struggle on some of the longer approaches and be able to just stop their ball on a dime and make these shots that they normally wouldn't. So, you know, just keep that in mind as you start building your lineups this week. For me... What I'm looking at here uh, for stats is really strokes gained approach, uh, ball striking, driving distance, strokes gained approach from 200 plus, which is where a majority of the shots came from the last time they played here in 2012, and then par four scoring from 400 to 450 because there's seven holes that fall within that range. And then based on the weather and based on what we th- we think the final score will be, probably somewhere on the upper, you know, 17 to 20 under, maybe even higher if the rain does hold. I'm really looking heavy at DK points. Uh, I want guys that can score and score often. Uh, Eagles and birdies are going to be key. And then I'm also going to throw in on the mixed condition model. I think I'm going to sprinkle in a little strokes gain putting on POA, um, which I didn't initially look at, but looking at the the scores from 2012, uh, there was there was such a, a huge differentiating um, number between strokes gain putting and all the other strokes gain categories. Uh, strokes gain putting was one of the one of the ones that was well over a stroke. So. I'm going to put that in there. I'm not going to put a huge emphasis on it, but it's just going to be something that I'm going to keep in mind. Uh, what about you for stats this week? What are you looking at? Well, I did myself a favor. I actually went to their, the Hamilton website and did all the flyovers of all the oh, holes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, watched them a few times, actually. And some of these holes are reachable in one drive. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the bombers here. Um, I do love strokes gain off the tee because you still need that approach game. I'm sorry, you need the accuracy into the fairway. Your approach at 200 yards plus. Par 4 scoring and 400, 450 yards. Strokes gained, tee to green. Ball striking. And 3-putt avoidance. Uh, I think these golfers are going to be going on golf on a green that's going to be much slower than they're used to. And it's kind of messed with some of their heads. So I'm going to look at that 3-putt avoidance, probably trying to get an edge somewhere that a lot of touts might not be considering. And I think that's it. So... Um, 
We're going to move on to our birdie or better segment, where Zach and I will break down each tier of golfer. We're going to mention the plays we like and the plays we want to fade. And, of course, in the 6K range, we're going to continue on with our MG Monsters and guarantee the Martin Pillar effect. And we're going to start off in that uh, the uh, upper tier. And we are looking at the range of the 11,000, 10,000 range. Who you got? So I really only got two guys, uh, and I think you're going to cover one of them, so I'll just move down to one, and, and it's Justin Thomas at 10K. Uh, for me, he ranks out second in my overall stats model, and that's when I look at, you know, last 36 rounds played on um, par 70 courses that are under 7,200 yards. So, you know, some of those sample size, it's pretty small, but JT has 36 rounds here. Um, he ranks out second. He ranks out second in approach and ball striking. DK points and proximity 200 plus. So, you know, my concern is, yes, he missed the cut last week at the Memorial. He actually looked terrible. Uh, he lost 6.8 uh, strokes gained total. Uh, the only thing he did well is off the tee, which will help here uh, incredibly if he can keep that up. Um, my concern really is, you know, he needs a tune-up before uh, Pebble Beach next week. So he's going to come out. He's going to try. He's going to tune up his game. 10K, I think, is a good price for him. I don't think it's too much. Um... You know, I don't know what his ownership's going to be. I don't know if he's like is 100% or not. So I think I'll have a lot of DJ, but if I'm going to have anyone else in this, this range, it's going to be JT, and, and, and I'm hoping it's because of an ownership issue. What do you think about JT this week? My issue with JT is the wrist. It, it really yeah, is. Like, I you know, know, as a golfer, he's great, but it's, it's not something simple. And if you saw anything last week, if you watched the tournament at all, he was off. He, oh yeah, he he he's bad, and I don't think he's bad because of a layoff. I think he's bad because he's legitimately injured. Um, so will I fade JT one hundred percent? No, I'm going to have shares of JT. But I mean, the numbers are there. You know, in my model he ranks fourth overall. He's third in strokes gained T to green. He's twenty third in par fours, uh, four hundred four fifty yards, um, and the guy's a, a short game maniac. So. Justin Thomas is in play. I just I really worry about that risk. That's that's really what it comes down to. I'm hoping that if he is truly still recovering, he just withdraws this week. I mean, if he's truly trying to tune himself up for for next week, why? I mean, if he's really hurt, he's just going to make it worse, and he's going to end up missing the tournament that matters. So I'm hoping he either withdraws now in the next day or two, or he he legitimately just needs to work through this, and hopefully he gets it together. Well, uh, I I just I just think golf these guys swings and everything is so fickle and finite that they can't like they're, they're just dialing in especially for the u.s open next week yeah if jt makes the cut you know you know he's healthy and that's i guess a confidence booth for going to the u.s open but um i'm gonna i'm gonna do mainly passing on jt and just gonna watch and if he does well applaud him and cheer him on yeah, I mean, he shot an 80 last <laughs> on Friday. That, that was pretty awful. But he looked, I mean, he didn't look bad on Thursday. He shot 71. I mean, no, I, yeah, I mean, look at Phil on Friday versus Thursday. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's, there's two sides to every coin, but, um, you know, who knows how that wrist responded after the first round? Yeah, that's true. Who knows if he just was there to say, hey, I'm going to play the first two rounds and not, or for, yeah, who knows? You know, we yeah, don't you're know, right. But, we don't know. Ah. Uh, my favorite play, DJ. He ranks number two in my model. Kepka ranks number one. But he's first in strokes gained T to green. First off the tee. Fifth in that par four, uh, 400, 450 yard range. 25th in three punt avoidance. And second in birdie or better gained. Um, the thing I like about DJ also is the fact that he spent so much time in the offseason working on his wedge game. So if he is scrambling a little bit, we are going to see a better Dustin Johnson here. He's the defending champ. The guy's been awesome this season. I love DJ. Yeah, I've got nothing. I mean, even looking at strokes game putting over his last 100 rounds on POA, he ranks number one. I mean, the guy is hes deservedly 11-9, the highest price golfer, and definitely the best play here. I just don't know the quality of lineup I can make with him at 11.9. That's my only red flag. I can see that, but it's going to be hard to fade that winner. It is. It is. And I don't, I'll have, if I go that high, he'll be in all, in all, almost half, I would say, in my lineups this week. But I just don't, I haven't played with it enough in the 6K range to be comfortable with anything that looks good with him. It's still early. 
Alright. What about Kapka, McElroy? Uh I'm gonna save Kapka for next week. I've faded him at every major up to this point, so I think I'm just gonna lock and load at the open. Uh but so I'm off. I'm off Brooks this week. Uh Rory, I I'd see it. Uh, for me, he ranks twelfth overall. Uh I, lo- I love him here. Uh, he's a DK scorer, ranks third for me. He's fifth in proximity over two hundred. He's a he's a bomber, seventh in driving distance, and fifth in ball striking. I mean I have not I mean all these guys, ten uh, K and up, save Kucher. Uh, our elite golfers. I'm just kidding. Kucher's elite, but you know, I like Rory. He's good. I I just won't have any of them. I just I, if I'm gonna go to eleven two, I'm just gonna find some way to get to eleven nine for for DJ. Yeah, Kucher. Nope. I'm not. I'm. I I get it. He's great. I I see the reasons behind it. No thanks for me after last week. I'll take a week off. All right. <laughs> well, let's let's move down to that nine K range. Who you got for us? Uh, 9K kicking it off. A guy that's burned me. I was on and off him. I think earlier in the year on Webb Simpson. For me, he's just far and away one of the better plays in this range. You know, he's ranked seventh overall for me. Uh, he's been on on fire on these types of courses in the past. He's tenth in approach, seventh ball striking, first in the par four to 400, par four 400 to 450 scoring, fifth in DK points. Issue with him, you know, his proximity from 200 plus isn't the greatest. He's still 66 overall. Uh, he's not a huge long hitter, which is a concern at 101st. Um, but, you know, his form's been great. Uh, he's coming off four straight made cuts with a fifth of the Masters being his best his best showing. Uh, he's only missed the Valspar. He missed the cut at the Valspar. It was his only cut this year. Um, and before that, it was the Travelers back last June. So, I mean, the guy is just a cut maker, uh, a phenomenal player. Um, I love him. He's going to be probably one of my upper, my highly owned upper 9K guys and I just don't see a reason why he shouldn't succeed here, especially if it rains and you know he get he can just have that extra uh, approach game advantage. I don't see a reason why to, why you should fade Webby this week. Yeah, my stats pop pretty highly for Webb too, but I guess the one thing I could say is that he's he he doesn't struggle on bent greens, but it's his least favorable putting surface. So that that's where I'll look at Webby and, and kind of question if he's going to be successful this week. Yeah. Um, I can see that. A guy that I'm going to fade just based on rules is Sergio Garcia. <laughs> and the guy is popping all over my model. So it's going to yeah. be very hard to do. <clears throat> I might have to throw him into a lineup or two. But, um, I mean, he ranks fifth overall in my model. And I don't know how popular Sergio is going to be because he's been so bad. Yeah. At golf. I Like, I... It's quite possible he could have low ownership. I haven't taken a huge look at ownership, but if Sergio's sub 12%, I'm going to have to break my rule and own some of them. Yeah, I know. It's funny you say that because he, he jumps as number one overall in my stats model, and I just don't like him at all. I mean, I, I just, I'm looking at one approach, one ball striking, one GIRs gain, eighth in DK points, but I don't know. Something tells me that his form and the way he's coming into this week is just, I don't know. Yes, he bounced back at the Wells Fargo with a fourth, but the two previous to that, he just does not look like the old Sergio. So I don't know. I, the stats are telling me yes, but my body is telling me no. Oh, To take it back. Too bad. <laughs> Scott Piercy, former winner here at 9,300, pops in my model, and he's going to be popular. I mean, let's let's face it. He is going to be popular, but ninety three hundred for Scott Piercy seems a little too much. What do you think of Piercy? Yeah, he's another guy that jumped off the page at me when I when I first started running it, and I thought the same thing. Like he's been on a tear lately, way above where I think we all know he can go. Uh, I just I don't know. I think that price is just too much. Uh, his approach game's been iffy the last couple weeks. Uh, he's been losing almost a stroke and a half. Uh, the last two events, I don't know. Something to me just smell it, it screams trap for Piercy this week, and I, I don't think I'll have any. Well, he's middle of the road in driving distance, so he's going to have these long approach shots. Um, and if he's missing the fairways, he's going to be scrambling from a pretty long rough. So that's where I have concerns. And he's just he has a hard time. He ranks almost last in the field in three putt avoidance. Yeah. So uh, Piercy. Is someone I think I'll have pieces of, but I may not have a ton of either. 
Just 9,300 just seems way too much. And I know a lot of people are going to love him. I really yeah, do. I, I just, I don't know. That price just is like not, it's just, it's too close to where Kucher was last week and he looks too good. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, he's not, he's not a 9,300 golfer on most courses, especially not with guys that are ranked around him right now. Right. I mean, you're going to tell me he's that much, he's too, he's better than Henrik Stenson in his prime, like on his game. I don't think so. No way. So, I mean, for me, I, I like Stenson at, at 91. Um, you know, he hasn't been great, but, I mean, he's been making cuts. Uh, his game's been getting... I mean, his approach... He's dialed in on, on approach. I mean, the guy has just been putting up massive numbers every week where he's struggling is off the tee. Um, so if he can get his driver straightened out, I love I love Stenson this week as, as hopefully a lower-owned play who's forgotten about with Piercy right above him and, and guys like Bubba Watson and, and Fear not too far below him. I think just by name alone, though, Stenson will have some popularity. I mean, he'll get he'll get some for sure, but I'm hoping it's less than normal. Well, he ranks 17th in my model overall, sixth in strokes gained T degree, and then uh, second overall in those par four, 400 to 450 range. Um, 9100 seems pretty fair for Stenson, and that leaves us just rounding out this 9K range with Snedeker. Nine thousand bucks for Sneds, and I get it; his game fits this course in many ways. But nine thousand dollars for Snedeker, I don't know if I can pull that trigger. Nope, I can't. And uh, he, his my issue with him is his uh, approach game over two hundred has been iffy, and his dri- his driving distance is fluctuating. But it's not he's not a, a huge long hitter. And for nine K, I just I don't know. Some of his stats fit, but for me, not this week. All right, so we're gonna move to eight K range, and number one in my eight K range, Bubba Watson. <laughs> I, I, I just love Bubba this week. It, you know, the driving, the bomber. course fits him very, very well. He's third in strokes gain off the tee in the field. 49th in that par 4 range, and you're going to have to deal with Bubba putting. And that's something you're going to have to deal with every week when you roster Bubba Watson. But I really think that these slow greens will help Bubba Watson versus Hurt. He won't have to really judge speed that well and just kind of find his line and get it in the hole. But... I am worried about his proximity numbers from 200 yards plus. So that's where I struggle with Bubba. But at 9900, I think I'm going to have a lot of Bubba Watson. Yeah, I'm in on Bubba. He was the number one play in the 8K range for me um, for all the reasons you stated. And the putting is, of course, the issue. But, you know, he can he can make it. He can get there. Who else you got in the 8K range? Uh, I've had a... I love hate with the AK, and that's part of the problem where I where I can't get guys up in 11 because I just don't really like anybody in the 8K. So I've got guys in the 10, 9s, and then 7s, which just doesn't do it for me. But for the 8Ks, I, I kind of drop all the way down uh, to Daniel Berger at, eight, at 8K. Uh, he ranks 18th overall for me. Uh, he's been, you know, up and down lately. He didn't do too hot. Uh, he's been like 53rd at Charles Schwab, 71st at the PGA, 23rd at Byron Nelson. Uh, he's been decent off the tee. Uh, he's been decent tee to green, decent approach. Uh, he struggled around the green, uh, like pretty much throughout his career. But you know, for me, I think Berger's got a, a good chance here, and I think 8K is a little too low for him. Um, I think I'm hoping he turns it around here. But you know, for me, he was one of the 8K range guys that I just liked. I like him in 8K, but his recent form is concerning. Yeah, 53rd at the Schwab, 71st at PGA. 23rd at the Byron Nelson, but then also you got that 54th at the Wells Fargo. 33rd at the RBC Heritage, and then a miscut at the Valero. Um, you know, he, he is kind of one of those volatile golfers where you're going to uh, have to hope for the best that week. But I'm willing to eat some of it at 8K. I, I don't think that's going to kill your lineups or kill your bankroll at all. So another 8K guy that I'm looking at, hopefully for uh, a little bit of bounce back here, is Keegan Bradley. Yeah. Um, Bradley back to Bent Greens where he where where he has had success, but he struggled so poorly at the Memorial last week. I mean, he lost uh, strokes tee to green off the tee in approach and putting. Actually, he uh, around the green. I'm sorry, he gained strokes in approach, and I like that for someone to maybe come back, turn it around. Now, it's not like he's a guaranteed lock to make the cut, as as Keegan Bradley, as we've seen in the past, has has had some struggles. I mean, it was a miscut last week, but then 29th at PGA. 
miscut at the Wells, but then 43rd at the Masters, then a miscut at the Valspar. His recent form is concerning, but I'm willing to uh, go back to Keegan Bradley, and because of his recent form, I, I just think there's a little bit better of an opportunity to gain some leverage to the field. Yeah, no, I, I like Keegan this week, and you know, for all the reasons you stated, uh, he, throw a crazy statistical no, uh, number at you. He has not missed two cuts in a row since May of 2016. So, you know, he's due, right, at this point, if we're running off that, that category. Due to make the cut, yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. I mean, he's not that expensive. No, but, I mean, seriously, he, he isn't a bad a bad choice. I, I like him. His putting's always an issue, you know. But what are you going to do is Keegan Bradley. He, he's going to shoot a low round, and then he's going to shoot a terrible round, and he's going to shoot another low round, and... Hopefully Sunday he just makes it even round and gets you in the top ten and does something. So what are you going to do with someone like Bud Cauley? Uh, yeah, Bud Cauley. That I don't have any Bud Cauley right now. Uh, I see the appeal. Uh, for me, it was it's Keegan Bradley, Daniel Berger, or I'll pay a little bit more and go to Jim Furyk. You have no interest in Collie after the ninth place at the Memorial. I just think that's the reason why I don't have any interest in Collie. I think he's going to be too. I don't. I don't want a high owned buddy Collie. Fair enough. The guy pops in my model, though. I mean, he does. He does, but I think his ownership is going to go. Is going to be way too high. Right. So you're going to go back to the old man. You're going to Furyk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's he's shown success. I mean, he's won this event in the past. Uh, he runner-upped in 2014. Granted, that was at Glen Abbey. Uh, he was on a tear earlier in the year, and then he missed two cuts at the RBC Heritage and, and the PGA Championship. But then he came in 13th at Charles Schwab, uh, 33rd last week at the Memorial. His game's getting better. Sure, he's not a long hitter, uh, but he's accurate. Uh, throw in some rain, throw in getting him even more accurate. He's a decent putter. Uh, you know, he's, He knows how to play these courses. He's taken... You know, he's not playing as many weeks in a row as he did it earlier in the year so hopefully he's a little bit more rested um, I like Furyk this week I, for me he ranks third overall in my model in these type of courses so if he can overcome the driving disadvantage then I think he's got a, a, a good shot here alright anyone else in this AK range you want to talk no, about I, I really dislike this AK range like all together yeah it's really not that strong of a field and, and Duffner's way overpriced just because of his recent play and recent form but uh, Tuffner is not someone I'm going to have a piece of this weekend. But let's move on to that 7K range where this is a huge, huge, huge list of players. And you really have to get this range right. And I'm going to start with my fade. And that is Sun J.M. <laughs> and I like it. The only reason is the guy's played so many events so far. And like it or not, Burnout on the PGA Tour is real. There's a reason guys don't play every tournament. There's a reason guys take weeks off. And Sunjay does not take anything off. The Terminator, the robot, the machine. I have no interest in Sunjay M this weekend, even though he ranks 15th overall in my model. I, I, I mean, he's going to Canada. He's going to drink a ton of Labatt. We got issues with Sunjay here. Um, yeah, I mean, look at his look at his recent form. It's just he's falling apart. He need, he needs to take a few weeks off. He's losing strokes all over the field. I, I just i I don't have any interest in him. Now, a man I do have interest in is Aaron Wise. I think he fits very well for this course for his game. I think he's really coming together recently. He's top twenty in driving distance, fifth in birdie or better gained. Now, of course, you're going to have to deal with the scrambling and the putter issues with Aaron Weiss, but I'm okay with that in GPP formats. The guy is 14th in strokes gained tee to green, and he ranks 11th overall in my model. I love some Aaron Weiss this weekend. I'm going to look at ownership. More than likely, I'm going to be a tad overweight. What do you think of Weiss? Does the miscut last week worry you at all? No, because that's the type of player he is. You know, it's the same with uh, Joel Dahman. You know he's gonna he's gonna get that position where he can be successful and it just blows up in your face. I think that's the type of Aaron we- player Aaron Wise is right now, and you see greatness. And I think it's an opportunity to see top twenty, top ten. Yeah, I don't have any right now. I I see your argument, but for me, I'm I'm off Wise this week. But you know, 
he's got he's he's there. Who else I you like? like uh, for me, it's going to be a guy that I don't like to roster a whole lot at Jimmy Walker at seventy nine hundred, but he just kind of lines up the way I wanted to see him this week. I mean, he's coming off some pretty decent performances for Jimmy. I mean, nineteenth at Charles Schwab last week. 23rd at the PGA, so that's not too bad. He's putting it together after a miscut to Byron Nelson. Uh, he's been pretty good around the, uh, on his approach, around the green, and putting. He's been, has driver's been hit and miss, but you know he doesn't have to be stellar here at 7,900. He still ranks 12th overall in driving distance for me on these type of courses. He's 15th in proximity from 200 plus, and 15th on approach. Now he, overall, he ranks 22nd. Um, I don't see a re- and I think he actually back in 2012 uh, if I have a time to look this up somewhere uh, I think he actually played here yeah he finished T28 so I mean he shot 7 under uh, stayed uh, 68, 68, 69, and 68 on this course so I mean he's got history here uh, so I got interest in Jimmy Walker at 7900 I think he can overperform his price uh, and I think out of the 7k ranges he's probably my, my favorite play I think Jimmy Walker's just too much for me, not not in general, but just I'm going to have a hard time fitting 7,900 in my lineup builds, especially yeah, I mean, especially that's, that's if I'm going top-heavy this week, you know, with, with DJ, Brooks, even JT, like whoever I go with up there, it's going to be hard to squeeze in 7,900 Jimmy Walker. And I'm hoping that's what the whole, that's what most of the people do, so that he will be under. I mean, he's only been, well, last week he was 4.5% on, but... I mean, he's usually not that high owned. No, he's not. And, you know, he'll, he'll, I think just by name, though, in the field, being as weak as it is, especially in this range, it's going to be higher. It's going to be upwards 10, 12%. You're but not you going to. Beauregard and Sanjay M right there. <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one drinking this Kool Aid on Sanjay M, to be honest. So <laughs> I know, you're not. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not going to go to that Sanjay route either, you know, just looking at the way he's been playing. Yeah. Um, where I am going to go is back to my well of joking uh, Neiman, uh, Jacqueline Neiman. He is 7,700. I had him last week. Uh, didn't let me down. I don't think he's going to let me down this week. I think he's another guy that could be sub 10%, especially in the 7K range. He's uh, he's 27th at the Memorial, 31st at the Schwab. His game's really in order after him having a miscut to PGA, 38th at the Fargo, then a miscut and a miscut. Um, so I like Neiman in my model. Neiman is <clears throat> sixth overall in the last 50 rounds, um, uh, seventh in strokes gain off the tee, 13th in par four, 450 yards. He does rank 96 in three-putt avoidance, but I'll eat that. I'm okay with that. But he's fourth overall in birdie or better gain. So that'll give me that DraftKings scoring. I like Neiman here at 7,700. Yep, I see it. I don't have any, and I'll tell you why. It's because I like Nick Watney at 75. Ah. Uh, your boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I just can't get away from him. He ranks ninth overall for me. Um, he's been on a tear. 22nd last week wasn't so great, but 8th at Charles Schwab. Now his approach game's been on point. His off-the-tee game has been incredible the last four events. Struggling a little bit around the green, but not enough to really concern me, especially when you look at you look at his performances on these shorter courses. He's just a monster. Uh, he's not the best DK scorer. He's a 38th overall, which isn't bad. Not for 7,500, uh, but he's a strong hitter, 14th in driving distance, 18th in ball striking, 6th in approach. Uh, I like Nick Watney. I like his price. Uh, I'll definitely be overweight on the field this week. Um, I love him. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the same love for Watney that you have this week, but I get the play. He's been playing very, very well. Um, I just, I'm going to go in a different direction altogether. Um, he ranks only 106th overall in my model, so... I'm really, really not too keen on paying 7500 for Nick Watney, where I've been paying sub-7,000 prices for him. And I get it, this field's way different, but... Hey, you're not going to go back to your uh, your boy Uline? <laughs> uh, I forgot about him. Yeah, he was the other one that I had... I think I had like 35%, and he was in almost all, all of my Kutcher lineups. No, I'm not going back to Uline. He really screwed me. But sorry, I could go to Danny Lee. And you do realize I, that Martin Pillar's in this field, right? Oh, you know what? He didn't make my cut. And I have to go back and look things over. But I like I like Danny Lee. I like where you're going with this one, though. Oh, yeah, that monster. Uh, Danny Lee, 25th overall in my rank. He's just His recent form is what is really concerning. Um, statistically, he's going to pop a little bit. 
more than some of these lower 7K guys. But, you know, it, it's just, it's not there right now. His game isn't there. So I'm not going to have any Danny Lee as much as oh, I Oh, really? I thought you were going to go the other way. No, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go down, actually, to 7,100 Varner the third, Harold Varner the third. I think Varner's a great sneaky play this week. He's he's 12th overall in my model. He's he's mediocre off the tee, but I'm okay with that because he's 12th in driving distance. So if he can cut corners, hit some fairways, and, and score, 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 7,100, Harold Varner, I wish was sub-7,000, or he would be my monster. Um, I, I think he's a great play. Plus, he's got three sticks after his name. Why not? Now, you're going to have to worry about putting. And we were talking about Danny Lee recent form. Varner's recent form is just atrocious. He's got a miscut, 36th of the PGA, but miscut, miscut. Um, but before that, 23rd at the Valero. So I don't know what Varner's going to show up this week. His last five rounds have been abysmal. His last ten rounds have been probably even worse. So hopefully he returns back to form. And we get some good Harold Varner the third. I do worry about that putter, but I am going to have pieces of him. Interesting. I didn't. Varner did not make a cut for me, but I will pick a guy that sort of rhymes with Varner and Ryan Armour. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible joke. Uh, but I do like Ryan Armour at seventy two hundred. Uh, for me, uh, you know, he's he, coming off a twenty second last week at the Memorial, uh, which granted it was all his putting that kept him alive. Uh, he's been in terrible form, missing the last three cuts before that. But you know, before that, he wasn't in bad form. He made three in a row, so. Hopefully this is the beginning of his three in a row cuts here. Uh, statistically, on shorter courses, he lines up pretty well. Uh, what I really like is he ranks 16th overall in DK scoring on short par par 70 courses that are under 7,200 uh, yards in length. So hopefully he can put that to use and be a scorer. Uh, he's not. Uh, my issue with Ryan Armour is so many things besides his form. But for 7,200, I like him. Uh, I'll have a little bit of him this week. I don't think he's going to be owned. He never really is anymore. Uh, so I like him as a low-owned option in the seven, low 7Ks. Yeah, he's, he's not a bad play. <clears throat> you just got to worry about that putter. Yeah. So, uh, well, anyone in this 7K range that you for sure plan on fading? Like, I, like, Peter, Watney's, Peter, I, I, like I think Watney's going to be really popular, and that's part of the fade. Corey Connors again, I think that might be a solid fade. Yeah, uh, didn't he play? Uh... No, never mind. That wasn't him. That was Ryan Palmer. I, I thought because so, all the qualifying is going on for the the Open next week, and people are playing like the. No, he finished sixty fifth at Memorial, so it's just yeah. I I just don't think Corey Connors is worth it. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I'm off, I'm off. I mean, the other couple, other couple guys that I have interest in, they're not really worth digging deep into. Is you know Scott Stallings here? He's had history here. Maybe Luke Donald. Uh, those are really it for me. And Josh Teeter is interesting, but I don't think he's that great of a play. Uh, but those are the only other guys I'm really kind of looking at in the 7K range. All right. Well, fun times, fun times. So this is our MG Monsters Guarantee the Martin Pillar effect, where we will give you our monster, our 6K guy we believe can finish in the top 25, and then our guarantee a 6K guy we believe will make the cut. So, this is your segment, your show, Zach. Who in this 6K range are you going to guarantee? And who is your monster? Well, I want to start off by saying I monstered Steve Stricker last week. And he wasn't, he was, I think he was less than 1% owned across the field. So I, I have, I'm on a roll with the monsters this, this last couple of weeks. Uh, that being said, I'll start with my guarantee because I'm not really 100% on this guarantee, but I'm going to guarantee it anyway. It's Nate Lashley. Uh, and really, it's uh, uh, he's not going to do well, but I think he can sneak by and make the cut. Uh, his form has been coming around after his two missed cuts earlier uh, in March. He's made the last three. His finishes haven't been that great, 69th, 29th, 45th. Um, but I like him at 6,700. I don't think he'll be that highly owned because I think he's a little too expensive uh, for what he is but I really think Lashley here will make the cut this week and, and surprise a lot of people now I'll let you go for your your uh, guarantee before I launch my monster at you uh, my guarantee 
is going to be Bronson Burgoon. All right. Now, Bronson Burgoon, not the kind of name you think would be uh, synonymous with guarantees, but two miscuts his last previous rounds, then a 48th of the PGA, and then a miscut at the players. So he has not been playing a ton lately, but Burgoon does do well in these situations in three-putt avoidance and in driving distance and in proximity from 200 yards plus. So I think Burgoon's going to do quite well this weekend, and he will be my guarantee to make the cut. Who's your monster? My monster is a guy that will not show you anything in Fantasy National except for uh, an 83rd at the Honda back in February and a miscut at the RBC Canadian Open back in 2017. And that that man is $6,300 Drew Nesbitt. He's currently playing on the PGA Tour in uh, Latin America. He's doing extremely well. So his last four event, his last five events on the Latin America Tour. I'll start with the, the one back in February. T13, March, T35, uh, April, T21st, late April, cut. And most notably, last week in Tijuana, he won where he shot um, a 64, a 69, a 68, and a 62 to finish 17 under and win in Tijuana. Uh, so he's coming in in great form. Uh, he's shown the ability to do well and win on a different PGA Tour. Granted, he's not playing against guys like DJ, JT, Matt Kuchar, but we just need a top 25, which I think is easily doable by Drew here. As long as he didn't tie too many on in Tijuana last week after he won, he's my monster this week. I think he will come in at sub 1% for sure. Uh, and if he gets T25 or better, then he's going to be outstanding. And for 6,300, you can fit in some, some pretty good players. Well, interesting choice. My monster is Ryan Yip. <laughs> Ryan Yip is not going to pop on any fantasy national stat leaderboard or any of that crap that we like to look at. He's not found on PGA stats because he doesn't have any qualified stats. In fact, the man is on the web.com tour. But Ryan Yip is from Canada. And I love my Canadians. And Ryan Yip, last year, different course, granted, finished 22nd. This Canadian's going to bring the fire. He's going to win. He's gonna, top 10. Top 10. Ooh, we're moving the monster up to top 10 now, are we? Well, I'm just being boastful in my Ryan Yip, and he's got a great name. He's got the Yips. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has said that to him his whole entire life. Oh, in sure. system. And he's 6200 bucks, man. $6,200, so why not? Let's take a flyer on Ryan. Yep. To be fair, Drew Nesbitt is also Canadian, just in case I didn't put that out there before. You did not put that out there, but Drew Nesbitt does not have a badass name like Ryan. Yep. He, he does not. Um, oh, and he was born in, in uh, Toronto, by the way. I love Toronto. Great just, city. Just, you know. That's where, just I got you my, know. that's where I got my fake ID. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, well, that'll wrap it up for the cut line and our analysis of the RBC Canadian Open. Make sure. Oh wait, I have one more thing. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm so tied up on Drew's nest, but he shot a 59 in Brazil in 2018. Bra- I forgot to mention that Brazil and Canada a, are way, a 59. Way... A 59. Completely. Different. I don't care where you're playing. 59 is a, is. You're looking for a monster. The guy is showing the ability to. Just be great. 59. Speaking of golf, we didn't talk about my week last week. Oh, yeah. How'd you do? Oh, awesome. I was in the 80s all week. <laughs> it's much better than my previous score. Yeah, you're 110. Yeah, uh, that's pretty bad. You know what? Like, this Friday, I'm going out again. I'm going out to McCray and Barrington. Not like an esteemed course, but it, you get there, and it just looks gorgeous. So Nice. Going out there. Well, hopefully, we'll, we'll both be feeling better. One by the time you go out there. Oh yeah, I know this podcast really <laughs> sucked this week. Yeah, because we're so sick. Yeah, this is this is rough. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Um, all right. So, anyone else in the six k range before we wrap it up? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't really like anybody here. Hank Laboda, Johnson Wagner, uh, Carlos Ortiz. All like one off flyers that I'll have a, a one or two percent of. But Jim Herman, maybe probably not. But yeah. Any any guys you like? Martin Pillar? No, I will not have any Martin Pillar this week. I think I'll I'll 
roster Martin Peller just for the sake of rostering him. But uh, Tom Lovelady, great last name, Lovelady, mm-hmm. uh, might go that way. Anders Albertson. Yeah. Uh, so if we're going to go like J.J. Henry, you know, guys you're just going to take a shot on for variance. Swafford, who's been terrible, but I guess you could argue that, statistically speaking, he's bound to make a cut at some point. Um, <laughs> so who knows? Uh, we'll see. See how builds go on Wednesday. Uh, Wierenski could go that route. Yep. Who knows? So. Well, that'll that'll hopefully <laughs> wrap things up. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So thank you for listening to the cut line in our analysis of the RBC Canadian Open. Make sure you check it out next week as we break down the third major championship of the year in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And I want to thank our listeners for spending the time with us, and we wish you the best in your line of construction and hope that you get some wins this weekend. I want to thank Zach for contributing to another great edition. No. (laughs) The cut line. You can find him on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Mike Cavalunas, and you can find me at Lunas on Twitter. Also, you can find the cut line at the cut line. And again, a special thanks to PJ and Fantasy National. Go get those birdies, eagles, albatrosses, aces. Thank you for listening. Let's go see some winners. Go and get them.